So if I was starting today as a new solo, I would do something. Entrepreneurial aspect. Change the way they're practicing. Leader. Analyze. said they've done it earlier. To help young lawyers. Starting a small firm. What it means to be fulfilled. Make it easy to work with your clients. New approach. New tools. New mindset. New solo. And it's making that leap. Making that leap. Welcome to another episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Adriana Linares. Are you wondering how you can become a better technology user as an attorney? Where can you go to learn more about technology, practice management, accounting, and finance? I get asked this question all the time, and oftentimes I have to point people to online resources, and especially over the past couple of years when we didn't have a lot of places to meet in person. But we're I think back to normal, it's safe to say. So I'm going to give you the number one option, in my opinion, for where you can go to get all kinds of information, education, and CLE about technology and practice management. With me today are Janine Abukader lambert and Guy Sakalakis. They are the co-chairs of the 2023 AVA Tech Show. And I am so grateful to have them and their time um, so that we can talk about Tech Show and also talk about what they do in their professional legal lives and help us learn as much as we can from them. Hi, Janine. Hi, Guy. Hi. Excited to be here. Hi, Adriana. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having us, Adriana. Well, Guy, let's start with you because our my listeners may also be your listeners. Therefore, they are our listeners. Uh, you have your own podcast as well on Legal Talk Network. Do you want to talk? Do you want to pitch it? Go ahead and pitch it. I'm going to pitch it. I'm a proud co-host of the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, which is also on the fabulous Legal Talk Network. So check out Conrad and I ranting about all things legal technology and marketing over there. That's great. And I listen to that podcast all the time. I think it's wonderful. You guys oh. give great practical advice and also the type of advice that attorneys, solos, smalls themselves who might not be able to afford a marketing genius on the side can do themselves. So if y'all haven't heard of or listened to their podcast, please go and sign up. Janine, you're a completely different animal. I think marketing is the hardest part of my job, so I refuse to do it well. <laughs> what is your job? So I have one of those complicated umbrella jobs where it is everything that doesn't fit somewhere else ends up with me anyway. I work at um, Northern Kentucky University, Salem P. Chase College of Law, which is also where I went to law school. So it was very convenient. I know the building and how to park already. Um, <laughs> so I manage, we have a lot of very practical skills, law practice management programs at the law school. It's known as a lawyer school um, for that reason. So we have programs in um, business and technology, entrepreneurship, cybersecurity and data privacy, addiction law and policy. And I oversee all of those as well as um, our alumni relations program and all of our events and conferences. That's really interesting. You know, here's something we should talk about just real quick from your perspective, which is getting a law degree and then taking the path to becoming involved, not necessarily as a professor, but in some sort of administration at a law school. I have a lot of listeners that will write to me asking me questions about changing career paths or changing practices that, you know, from something not so litigious to something maybe a little more soothing, if you will. But what types of advice can you give to a listener who might be thinking about going into academia, whether it be right out of law school or, you know, whether it's 10 years later, or maybe it's someone who's sort of at their, at the end of their professional career and they're thinking, oh, being a professor might be interesting. How do you get to do that? 
So it's it's funny too because I have I get phone calls and emails and texts frequently from from friends and people who know where I work asking the exact question: How do I leave a cushy an, an corporate right, an environment where they have where they have maybe made it so hard to leave because of the money? Mm-hmm. The but golden handcuffs. I'm going to end up in a news article. That as a as a the people read in law school about what not to do. So they're mm. like before before that happens, how can I get off of this? And so lawyers too really just want to give back. They get to a point yeah. in their career where they're just like, you know, what I want to do is I want to share. I want to I want to help students. So there's so everyone here in the law school is an attorney. Everyone who is in administration, um, uh, so not support staff, but administration level or um, professors. We have full time professors. We have associate professors. Um, then you also have um, Adjunct professors who are people who come in and teach just maybe one class um, and aren't aren't hired as a full-time professor. So we have varying levels of that. And everyone has come from a legal practice background. So I came into administration because I'd already kind of known some people and I came in through alumni relations and then I've just stayed. Mm-hmm. And I've, my job is more through alumni into communications and then into the centers and programs. And then to teach, many people have come in and just they teach one or two classes that they're interested in. We have topics on women in the law. You know, there's bankruptcy, there's uh, trial advocacy, all of these things. These are things that are taught by practitioners. We have our law practice management class is taught by a judge who had a solo practice for years. Our trial advocacy program is taught by a judge who is a chief regional district judge and her partner has been a lawyer for 40 years and they teach you how to do trial work. Our women in the law class is taught by someone who works in gender studies. So you have people who are practicing in the field teaching those classes. I want to remind my listeners that I'm constantly saying how important it is to network and stay involved in your communities or get involved in them if you're not. Um, a lot of young lawyers, just they just don't understand the power of networking and relationships. Right. And you talk about networking. That is a huge part of the, uh, the direction your life takes is based on the yeah. network you build. I take my students everywhere and I'm taking a group tomorrow night to the local bar association. We have our women lawyers charity event. And I'm just taking students with me and saying, just come, just meet people in the region because you just never know who mm-hmm. you're meeting that will lead to a different life choice for you you know, down the road. And so that's essential. That's why I take I take 20 students with me to a tech show every year just because they can just exposure to what's out there in legal tech and what that industry can even be. Because if you are thinking that law is going to look like your parents' and grandparents' age of law, it is not in any way, shape, or form. And so you need to understand that that is gone. It's not even it's not even present right now. It's not a, not a future topic. It's a, it's a current topic. So go to things like legal tech conferences, you know, try out ILTA, look, explore, and understand that the industry is changing and you have to be ahead of it. Or you have to, you know, there's no more options for traditional law. I'm going to ask you one more question before we take a break. And then I focus on Guy for a minute. And that is getting into academia and having that practical experience. Is that where you typically become an adjunct professor first training and teaching in that area that you're good at? And then from there, again, now you're in the system, you're building a network. And then when there's an opening, you can apply for it. Or you might say, hey, I realize, or I see we don't have this program. I'm interested in developing it and becoming a full-time professor. Is that an option for some? You know, I'm going to give the famous legal answer and say it depends because there is such a thing as, as academia is in, in such a scholarship mode that mm. the practical lessons you learn from becoming an adjunct professor 
aren't always what will endear you to a hiring committee. It's going to be more generally, more of a focus on the the research and the writing that you've done. And can you, are you going to become a name in your field? Mm. Are you going to become someone who discovers new things? You know, if you go to, my undergrad university was a research, research university. And so my professors, their, their emphasis really was on performing research and learning new things so that they can kind of broaden the, the field that they were in. I think that that's generally how a higher education works, be it legal, medical, undergrad, mm-hmm. graduate work, that you really have to kind of start making a name for yourself in a certain topic. And the teaching part, if you have passion for it, they will teach you how to do that. You know, they will train you in teaching. Being an adjunct gives you a little, you get your sea legs under you. You can kind of learn what to do a little earlier. But it's not necessarily a big part of your resume in the same way that differentiating yourself from other lawyers is. Like, you just need to have shift your career towards something more academic. If that's an interest, I highly recommend reaching out to your own law school professors or um, finding ones at the local one and, you know, becoming friends and talking through that because it is, you know, it's there's a very small pool that those are selected from. Yeah. So you have to kind yeah. of get in there. And then once you're in, you still have to, it's like, it's like big law. You still have to achieve partner. You have to get to full-time tenured status. And that requires a lot of publishing. Wow. So you have to be very careful with your time um, and your boundaries as well when you're doing that. Hey, Gee. What do you think of all that stuff she just said? Janine is just such a smart person, and I'm so grateful for her to be my co-chair. Do you have any um, any thoughts on advice that you would give to young lawyers? Kind of just before I start asking you about marketing, which is, you know, I, I'm trying to bridge the conversation. And I know that you have lots of opinions and thoughts, just like I do, even though I'm not in academia about why it's important for law students to, well, first of all, be flexible and network and and really become a part of the community. Yeah. You know, and as a uh, former lawyer myself, I'll also say it depends. But, you know, if you're going to go and practice law, getting the competence to practice is like table stakes. And it, it's funny that I say that because there's so many lawyers. And one of the things in preparation for this conversation that we, and we all know this, but, you know, the uh, ABA does their annual tech reports. Mm-hmm. And you know what respondents to the ABA tech reports say when they're asked about things like tech competence? Doesn't really matter. Not really important. And yet, you know, I don't see how you can be an effective uh, lawyer for your client in almost every context I can think of off the top of my head without at least basic tech competence. So yeah, uh, sure. it, now I think, interestingly, though, I think a lot of new lawyers, we'll call them new lawyers, they come to the table a lot more tech ready than I think lawyers have 100% before. But that being said, I, I, you know, when you ask me, what should I, what should you do? I'd start marketing now. Now you're going to be like, well, that's funny from a marketing person, but like, whether you call it personal branding or networking or relationship building, you know, there, your network is truly your net worth. And so opportunities like Tech Show, opportunities like getting involved in organizations uh, in your law school, you know, it's impossible to quantify the value of those relationships over the course of your career. It is. Well, let's take a quick break, listen to some messages from some sponsors. We're going to come back and hear from Guy. We'll be right back. Is your law firm falling behind in technology? There has been a mass adoption of legal tech among firms of all sizes. 
Today, at least 85% of legal professionals are using some form of practice management software. I'm Joshua Lennon, lawyer in residence at Clio, and this is just one finding from our recent Legal Trends Report. Use of legal technology has dramatically altered client expectations. The need for more flexible, convenient methods of interaction is here to stay. So it's not surprising that at least 95% of law firms plan to continue using newly adopted legal technology beyond the pandemic. It's a clear indication that technology adoption has become the norm for firms of all sizes. To learn more about legal technology adoption, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends. Okay, we're back. I'm here with the co-chairs of the 2023 ABA Tech Show, Janine Abukader lambert and Guy Sakalakis. Hey, Guy. Hey, Adriana. How did you go from being a lawyer to running a marketing agency? Essentially on a dare. So I uh, <laughs> double dog I was, dare. So like Janine, I was I watched too much Law and Order, and I was uh, enamored by being in court. So I loved. I was a, a trial lawyer at a small plaintiffs firm, and uh, loved it. Loved being in court, <laughs> but also as a young lawyer, I was tasked with you know, going out into the world and saying like, hey, what are some things the firm can be doing from a marketing standpoint? So I'm having a lot of conversations with you're other the young lawyers. Guy? I was the young guy. Yeah. You know, to a large extent, the conversations uh, with lawyers at that time were, you know, people don't really use the internet to hire lawyers this way and yada, yada, yada. And this is like, you know, 2015-ish. So it really wasn't even, I mean, from my perspective, not even like front end, but you know, as we know, lawyers are very reluctant to be dragged into the future. So essentially, I was like, this just can't be right. And so looking back, like the the, the options that were available at the time, and we've come a long way, right? You know, we're yeah. talking about a long time ago. Um, we've come a long way. I, sorry, I said 2015, totally wrong. That was like 2005. So yeah. that was, we started, we found that it in 2008. Yeah, right. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Okay, okay. Took a decade off of my career. Um, that's what it feels like. But point being, that I was like, you know what? I think that there's an opportunity to actually deliver some better services here to lawyers. And I really do think that uh, this internet thing is going to change the way that people look for lawyers, do research, hire lawyers. And so far, we've been right. Yeah. And so that was really what um, you know attracted me. You know, I think I always had an entrepreneurial bend. Uh, and there's things about practicing law that I, I truly do miss. And here's the great news, and we'll talk about this when we get a tech show. I know lots of lawyers who do both, yeah. right? They practice a little bit. Maybe they're a tech entrepreneur. Maybe they do some consulting. So there's a lot of options out there for you. We should really do a whole episode on just alternative career paths. I think I might have in the past, but I, I love that topic because I think what a lot of attorneys lack is the creativity and figuring out what else they could do, but then also the courage of what it would take to do something else or use your degree in a creative way. So Guy, from your perspective, when it comes to marketing and networking and relationship building is a form of marketing. So I think we can sort of lump it all into the same category. What are kind of the two or three most important things that you would say to lawyers today, not necessarily of a particular demographic or age or years in practice, that are important when it comes to technology and marketing outside of the social side of marketing? Yeah. So I'm going to start with a little bit more of a um, strategic suggestion, which is 
you've got to figure out what your positioning is going to be, whether you want to call it like niching down or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, you talk to, you're in an elevator with a lawyer and you'd be like, what kind of law do you practice? And like personal injury law. Like that and is criminal, not- And immigration that, or, or, and some family law. Right. And even, and that's even worse. That's even going even the worst direction. But even just saying that you're, you, you're in a particular practice area, it just, everybody's saying the same thing. If you're saying the same thing, you are not going to stand out. And so, you know, just say, it, let me give you a, a difference, uh, just a quick example in like family law context. So you're like, I'm a family law lawyer versus I'm a, you know, a divorce lawyer who focuses on child custody on behalf of fathers, right? So see the difference there? Like yeah. one of those speaks very specifically. So positioning is so important. And then the second part, and this is the more of the tech-ish side of it, is that all of your communications out in the world, digital and otherwise, need to be uh, consistent with that positioning. And so whether it's your website, your Google business profile, your email signature, if you're going to do blogging, your social media profiles, like all this stuff needs to be communicating who you help, how you help them, why you're uniquely qualified to help to kind of use Matt Homan's haiku of what you do. And you got to be able to communicate that in a very short time frame when in a society of attention spans on TikTok where there's infinite scrolling videos. Ready, set, go. You know, you made me think of this client I have who their whole message is the following. And I'm going to alter it a little bit because I haven't asked him permission if I can use his slogan, but his website, his signature block, his his fellow attorneys and his assistants all say something like this. A law firm specializing in helping families in crisis because of substance abuse. I'll just leave it right there. So to your point, that's their entire message. So it's criminal law, but cleverly disguised in a way which hits a very specific note with certain types of clients, potential clients, and people who could refer you to. I think that is probably some of the best advice this podcast has ever given, including on your LinkedIn page. Your, if you're going to do social media, that message should be consistent throughout. Okay, give me one more and then we'll talk about tech show. Um, the other one, these are, I guess that's two in one, but so I'm yeah. going to uh, give a plug to Cleo's Legal Trends Report. Mm -hmm. uh, Cleo puts out this. Uh, I refer to it all the time. Okay, good. I didn't know if that was yeah. Uh, oh, they're they're a sponsor. We love talking about. Clean. All right. Oh, there you go. All right. So, and this this has actually been validated. Uh, Martin Delavo recently did a study on this. Uh, Thomson Reuters has a study. Uh, there's one more that just came out that I was looking at, but they all say this. Not shockingly, they all say the same thing. You know what, people? You know what your next clients really care about? One, they care about responsiveness, and so being able to build infrastructure, technology infrastructure, whether it's virtual receptionists, whether it's text messaging, whether it's an app, whether whatever it's going to be, however you're going to interact with clients and potential clients, it's got to be fast. And uh, I think, I don't want to put words in Cleo's mouth, but I think they, they're kind of in the, like, you got to respond in 24 hours. And I will tell you, it's Ugh. not fast enough. It's not fast enough. It's not enough. fast enough. Mm -mm. It's not fast enough. We see this all the time when we look at uh, conversion rates from ads reports and uh, call reports. People, they're they're moving on to the next lawyer. Now, look, if you're getting referred somebody, and I'm, you know, all that stuff we talk about branding and relationship building and networking, you should definitely be focusing on uh, building your, a referral uh, network. But a lot of people that aren't coming to you that way, if you don't stop their search immediately, they're already on right. to the next lawyer. Um, and the second thing that comes out of all these reports is that reviews matter. Like lawyers hate this, but we're trained by Amazon to select professional services, many people, not everybody, but a big segment of the potential client pool 
is shopping by reviews. Do you, can they go online, search your name, and see a bunch of happy clients talking about how awesome you are? And if they can't do that, they're less likely to even give you a call in the first place. And so uh, Google Business Profile, you should definitely go check that out. It's a free tool from Google. It's good. It commands the most real estate for searches on your name. So for free. regardless of how for free, regardless of how someone hears about you, they're going they're more and more likely to go do a search for you on Google and what they find there's probably going to be powered in some respect to the Google by Google business profile. And when you have happy clients that are willing to sing your praises, direct them there. Uh, quick ethics note, check your state bar rules. Some states have some funky rules around if you send somebody to the profile and it doesn't comply with the rules then you're accountable for what they wrote, which uh, <clears throat> South Carolina, but in any event, um, <laughs> that's something that's definitely an extremely valuable tool to help people know basic information about your practice and to see happy clients seeing your praises. It also has video. So you can upload videos. You can have, uh, where, again, where permissible, you can have clients leave video testimonials there. I mean, there is nothing more powerful than having a client sit there and talk about how they helped you through the worst time in their life dealing with substance abuse issue with their family. And lawyers will say all the time, well, my clients aren't going to want to say that. The good news is they don't have to even say that. They can just be like, I was there for them at a time of need. They answered my questions. I see lawyers all the time with reviews where it's like, they weren't even the right lawyer for me, but they put me in touch with another lawyer that was able to help. And like that kind of stuff is for the next person person, super, super valuable that they can, uh, and takes away a lot of that fear in the hiring a lawyer process. Awesome. Okay. We're going to take one more quick break. Listen to some messages from some sponsors and to remind everybody, if you want to hear more practical and wonderful advice like that from Guy and Conrad, please make sure you, um, subscribe to the lunch hour legal marketing podcast. This is the type of advice that you get from them and feedback and it's wonderful. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the ABA tech show. It's a common story. You started your practice with a budget website. There were a million things swirling and you needed something. Nine, 12, 18 months later, your practice is generating revenue and you have your legs under you. It may be time to revisit that website. Talk to Practice Made Perfect. Your website can become a profitable tool for attracting clients. Practice Made Perfect loves making websites for solos, just starting out or market leaders. Practice Made Perfect. Visit PM. PMG.com forward slash solo. Starting your solo practice is exciting, rewarding, and demanding. Alps Insurance understands the unique challenges of startup solo firms. 65% of Alps legal malpractice insurance policyholders are solos after all. That's why Alps created First Flight, a program supporting new solos by providing affordable premium pricing for the first three years of practice. Visit alpsinsurance.com forward slash insurance forward slash first flight to learn more or just google alps first flight you'll find them first flight program subject to eligibility requirements law clerics nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based and also ongoing work via subscription sign up is free and there are no monthly fees you only pay when you delegate work Plus, LawClerk has a new app for your mobile devices to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code NEWSOLO when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. All right, everyone, we're back for the last segment of New Solo with Jean Abukader lembert and Guy Sakalakis. And we're going to talk about the ABA Tech Show. So the two of you are the co-chairs of the ABA Tech Show. If someone has never heard of the ABA Tech Show, can you give me a quick synopsis, Janine? Oh, no, Gita, it's so much better. All okay. right, I'll, I'll try and butcher my way through it. So 
it is a place where you can go and see every type of legal tech industry out there. You can meet with people who are founding companies. You can meet with people who are in marketing. Um, you can meet with software companies. So it is a chance to kind of explore and get a little bit of information about everything and find a solution to your problems. Because we know that businesses really are just solutions to problems. You have an issue, you find a solution to it. So thrown in with all of that in that huge expo hall with, you know, I don't know how many booths, we have then another floor of all educational programming, most of which is CLE, but we have this year expanded because, you know, there's Guy's profession, but really we all understand that marketing is essential to creating the lifestyle that you want, the firm that you want, um, reaching the clients who need your help the most. So we have a lot of work on marketing and that may not all have CLE hours attached to it, which is, I think, a crime. <laughs> Indeed. Generally, you can get a lot of CLE hours, and it's all about things, everything from core topics to, you know, word hacks and PC hacks. It's mm -hmm. simple like that. PDF docs, which people still have trouble with. I totally understand. PDF changes all the time. All the way to, you know, the future of things, you know, um, let's talk about, you know, Web3, let's talk about NFTs, um, let's talk about, you know, different kinds of billing structures for your firm, um, and let's talk about marketing. So, and this year also we're going to do some kind of more workshop-focused programming. Awesome. Um, because we really, you know, you come and you hear and you, you get this great, you're inspired, and you want to go sit in a room with people and talk through some of the things you worked on. So we're going to have some workshops on the idea of tech competence. Do we have it? What is it? How to attain it? How to teach it in law schools? How to give it to young lawyers who are coming out? Because, you know, more and more jurisdictions, maybe almost all now, are, are having professional ethics things about tech competence. So when we know that most lawyers don't even have the minimum qualifications for this. So we're going to sit through and talk to, you know, with some great people who are working on this in the industry on and workshop some ideas for how we can get this started going out there and spread the word and make a ripple effect. It's a wonderful in-person conference to connect with experts just like Janine and Guy. I'm always there. I've been going since 2002 and participating. Guy, the ABA Tech Show is held in Chicago every year, but if I live in Idaho, Hawaii, or Alaska, should I still go to the ABA Tech Show because can I get my CLE there? I believe you can is the answer to that question. And and here's my thing, and, I, and look, I don't want to dismiss because I get it. You know, it's a it's an expense, especially if you're traveling from Alaska, and you know, uh, flights are expensive, and it's Chicago, and I get all that. You're um, not getting any CLE, better weather. It's always in March, you guys. So it's going to be March first and second, 2023, right? Uh, March first through fourth. March first through fourth. Okay. In Chicago, but but you know, we talk about the educational programming, and I there's no doubt uh, it's it's really great education. You're, you can get CLE. So if you're looking for, uh, you need some justification with the powers that be, uh, you can get CLE credit there. But I, I, can, I can't tell you, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the value of mm -hmm. being in the room with someone who's create, whether they're a startup person or whether they're one of the unicorns in the legal tech space, people that are creating the technology, other practitioners who are using technology in their practice to solve the same problems you've got, and the community of experts that help teach lawyers how to use the technology or consult uh, on law practice and technology or marketing and marketing technology. When you're in those rooms, even if you're even on the, in the hallway conversations or the lunch tables, that's the thing that I get so excited about. It's those serendipitous interactions of being of hearing 
those conversations with people who are dealing with a lot of the same issues that you're probably dealing with, and then meeting those people. And again, you meet them at Tech Show. That doesn't mean that you don't uh, nurture those relationships out past Tech Show. And so having that access to that network and that community, that's to me is really the most valuable reason really to go to any conference in general, right? Because you can learn a lot of this stuff from YouTube or from a uh, online CLE, but to be there and hear the conversations and be able to get direct answers to your questions, to be able to actually like mess around with all of this technology. You know, if you're, if you're like, oh, I, I'm not really sure which practice management tools I should be using. I'm not really sure what tools I should be using for intake. And to hear the people who are creating it, other practitioners and the people who actually help implement this stuff, there's really no substitute uh, for being in those conversations. That's why, that's my pitch for Tech Show. My network really blew up um, when I went to Tech Show because it, you know, it went from uh, local and more regional. And then I went to Tech Show and all these people I had heard about these people who maybe created the products that I was using, or I'd heard about, oh, so-and-so is doing something really exciting in the industry, but I never thought I'd meet them. They were all there. And so I ended up, you know, you have your agenda, your plan for the day, and you're like on your app, and you're like, I'm going to go see this, this, and this, because these are fascinating things. Well, I never left the hallway. <laughs> I said there the whole time, and I just talked to people, and I met everyone. And now I have people I can call for thoughts, advice, um, referrals from New York to Oregon, California, Florida, I mean, across the entire country, Canada. And we have people coming in to Tech Show um, from Canada a lot because it's, you know, it's right there close to the border and, it, and you can access it. Although we have people coming from Vancouver as well. So it, there's, it was such a broad range of ideas and thoughts. And everyone is in one room in one place at the same time. And everyone is working on the same issue. Yeah. Tech competence and legal tech industry and expanding um, your profession. And like we just talked about earlier, you know, tr- law is not traditional. Even if you go in and you practice law after law school, it is still not the traditional form of law that, that your parents and grandparents were practicing or using, you know, as clients. So there's just the world has expanded and it's it's a place where people are t- talking about that at the same time. My boyfriend was at a CLE a few weeks ago and he came back and said, you know, some guy said something really poignant. He said, the practice of law hasn't changed in 200 years. I said, the practice of law hasn't changed, but the business of law has certainly changed. So if you're really interested in learning more about what the ABA Tech Show considers to be the four pillars of the business of law, which is marketing, technology, accounting, finance, those go together. And management, Tech Show's a great place to go, not only because of the CLE sessions and the non-CLE sessions and the networking opportunities, but the people are so generous. I think some of the most interesting people and the most helpful people you will meet are the other attendees. The experts are great, the consultants are great, and the speakers are great. But really talking to another three-attorney firm attorney who's practicing the same thing you are, and you have three attorneys in your firm, is really invaluable. I love the sessions. I love the networking. And then there's also a lot of extracurricular activities like dinners and receptions and stuff. So before the end of the year, there should be an early bird pricing that comes out. And then, you know, you get as the date gets closer, eventually they pull that back. And I will tell you this, 
It's not as expensive as you think. And I, they haven't released the prices yet, so we can't give them to you. The value you will get out of something like this is going to be worth it. When I have participated in tech show, I've seen law firms do it a couple of different ways. One, if you're a solo, obviously you've got to try to come and pretty much read the entire set of encyclopedia books. But if you're a few people, you can divide and conquer. So I've had attorneys that or law firms that will send one attorney whose sole job is to figure out how to perfect the client intake and what to do with um, a potential new client when they come in through the website door or a phone call door. Then they'll send someone else to figure out which is going to be the best communications technology that they're going to use, specifically something like voice over IP, and then how to integrate that with time and billing. And then, of course, there's always someone or someone's charged with figuring out what to do with case management. So you can come and try to do everything. Remember, you've got a lot of resources to pick from that you can take home, or you divide and conquer. Maybe you and another attorney, you don't even work in the same firm, but you're friends and you're going to come together, divide and conquer and figure out how to get as much information as you can out of it. Because it is a lot of that whole drinking from the fire hose saying, it's a lot of it. Um, so I am excited to have Tech Show back in person again and, and watch it grow. I'm going to be there this year for sure, as well as many of the guests we've had, the experts we've had, Guy, I'm sure same with your podcast. So I really hope all of you consider if you have not, or if you've got a little budget sitting there for, for CLE and for travel and for business development, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. So that drinking from the fire hose thing is, is real. It's um, <laughs> it is. figurative. I feel like there is an actual fire hose of information coming at you. But what we do to get around that is that everyone comes, gets access to all the materials and every presentation has I think almost 10 pages of original material that goes with it. You know, it can be outlines, it can be lists of resources, it can be articles, you know, it can be their PowerPoint. So you get access to all of that because sometimes I cannot make it. I mean, I just get overly ambitious with like, I'm going to go to everything from yoga at 7 a.m. <laughs> to a taste of tech show dinner with, with the speakers at, you know, at 9 p.m. I'm going, the whole day is booked and then I don't leave the hall. So I've missed some of the programming. So what I do for that is I just have all the materials and then I come back afterwards and my students um, are required to go through the expo hall, which is where you have so many booths of different um, startups and vendors and, and people with, you know, the solution makers and they have to meet them and gather their information. So we have kind of a debrief afterwards where we go through. That's great. What did right. you learn? What, you know, do we want to set up any appointments with, with people to talk about their, their work? go share the materials. We, when they, when the bookstore used to bring physical books, I would take my students down there and they each, I'd let them buy up to five books each. And so they, everyone would walk away. It was like, it was comical, like a bunch of like a, a trail of ducklings carrying all these books. <laughs> the physical bookstore is no longer now. It's a digital bookstore. So it's not as much fun, but we always, I let them pick out what they want because you have books on everything from, mm -hmm. you know, I remember Heidi Alexander's Evernote, you know, years ago, like that was essential. I bought that. And then, you know, you've got stuff on just kind of the, the future of practice. So, yeah. we, you know, the law practice um, division has all those publications. So we come out with a lot of bookstore stuff. You know, and the last thing I'll say is if you are not a member of the ABA, which I know for a lot of attorneys, it can be expensive. 
think about it because what you get for free with your membership with the ABA is the law practice division. The law practice division to me is an all encompassing section of the ABA. You know, there's the litigation section, there's the real estate section, and those are very practice specific. Law practice management is for everybody, whether you are in a big firm or a small firm, just learning about how to run your law practice, whether again, you're a solo or part of a big firm, there are resources there for you. When the pricing comes out, you guys take a look, there might be a discount you get if you're in academic if you're in government law, there are ways to get in there. And then the expo hall is always free. The expo hall, believe it or not, is a wonderful place to get information. So hope everyone considers coming to see all of us at Tech Show. The two of you have taken on a monumental task, by the way, being the chairs of Tech Show. It's a process that takes uh, about two years for, you know, you're, you're, you're um, vice chairs first, and then you ascend up to being the chairs. And I'm sure that the, the show that you and your board are planning are just, it's just going to be an amazing, I'm sure the best tech show ever. So I'm really excited to, to, to get there and see everyone. Any parting words from the two of you before I let you go? And thank you so much for spending time with me today. Guy? Just uh, thank you for having us. And um, thanks for the support on Tech Show. And if, if you're out there and you're kind of like, wherever you are in your tech journey, whether you think you're you know, a future lawyer, or you're just, um, you know, you're practicing law and you've, you've been a little bit of a Luddite and you want to catch up, Tech Show will greet you with open arms to help you solve the issues at your practice that relate to tech. And again, the, the relationships you form there, they'll have so much value for you. For I just, a long time. I can't reinforce that enough. Yep. I would say, don't let the name scare you. I heard about Tech Show before I went for years. Um, I know people who went there, you know, and talked about it, but they were really tech people. And so I thought, well, I mean, I'm your slightly above average tech competent person. So that's about it. So I was like, I, I think that, that's not for me. I don't have a computer science degree. So I just wasn't going to go. Then when I went and discovered that half the program is talking to people like me who are just mm -hmm. a little above average. And the other half of the program is people talking to people who are really going to talk about the actual future of technology, not just in law, but everywhere in general. You know, AI tech was, you know, 10 years ago, they were talking about that. So don't be afraid of the name because it's not a program for people who were in IT for 20 years before they went to law school. You know, the rest of us go because we need some tech and really more because we want to be positioning ourselves better for the future and know what's happening, what's coming around the corner before it gets here. So we can pass that on, to, you know, to either to my law students or practice it in my own life. I want to remind everyone, or at least say it out loud, there's no remote options this year. It's only in person. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Last thing I'm going to ask you to do is tell everyone where they can find, friend, or follow you if they want to connect. Guy? I would say LinkedIn's probably best. You can type in my very unique name. G-Y-I-T-S-A-K-L-A-K-I-S uh, on LinkedIn, or um, I'm still on Twitter for now. So while I'm still on Twitter, you can check me out there. Otherwise, attorneysync.com, you can get all sorts of information you probably didn't care about about me. And that's attorney sync, like synchronized, not the kitchen sink. Um, Janine, that's right. <laughs> how can everyone find friend or follow you? So I wasn't exaggerating when I said that I really don't market myself well, or like, so I don't, I'm, I mean, I, I think I'm on social media, but I'm not present. So I won't, <laughs> if you message me, I won't see it. Um, I'm probably ripe for anyone to steal my stuff because I'm just not monitoring it, but I do get on LinkedIn pretty frequently to okay. kind of check out what everyone else is doing. So I'm on LinkedIn and 
I think I'm on there as Janine Abukader Lambert, which is all three names, and that's pretty unique. Or just Janine Lambert probably pops up because I have three ends in my name, which is unusual enough. But you can find me on LinkedIn, and if you message me, I might reply to that. But <laughs> I will try to. I'll endeavor to do better, just in case you're getting on there now. Listeners, you can always email me at newsolo at Legal Talk Network to get to any of the guests we've ever had on the show. So reach out if you need some help. Thank you so much, you guys. Totally appreciate your time. And for the rest of you, thanks again for listening. I hope you picked up some good tips, maybe some inspiration, and certainly hope to see you at the ABA Tech Show March 1st through the 4th of 2023. See you next time. I've been running from nine to five, been biting my tongue for all this time. Won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go And you put up your puppet show I say cheers to life Just leave me alone I'm running the show If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.